What follows is message 5 of 5 of the Spring 2015 College Conference, recorded Lord's Day, March 1, 2015, in Latham Springs, Texas. Conference title is, God's Complete Salvation in Romans. Message title is, The Body Life, The Purpose of God's Complete Salvation. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you saved? Are you being saved? Are you going to be saved in the uttermost? Hallelujah for God's complete salvation. You know, this morning we come to the last message of this conference, um, which has been on God's complete salvation in the book of Romans. And Romans is such a wonderful book. Um, it's, it's, It's a wonderful book. So I just wanted to give a brief review. I know some of, how many just came in yesterday? Hey, quite a few, yeah. Uh, how many just came in la- last night? A number? Okay. Well, just to give a real brief review, so far we've covered uh, all the way basically to chapter 8 in the book of Romans. And what Romans reveals is that we who were sinners under God's condemnation have been uh, justified, reconciled to God, and then, praise the Lord, regenerated. He put his life into us, and now he's making us his sons. I mean, this makes us his sons. And so we're going through a process of sanctification, ultimately glorification. And, uh, of course, this all has its base in the Lord's uh, work. And we, we, we uh, showed the process that the Lord went through, that God went through. Uh, he was incarnated to be a man, and this was Jesus. And he went through a human life. He passed through human life with a lot of earthly and human sufferings. Okay, and what was he doing there? He was living a a life of mingling. He was one with the Father. And then he went to the cross and he accomplished a judicial redemption. Praise the Lord for the foundation and for the stop. You know, all of man was heading down. We saw to the lake of fire. But the Lord, when he died on the cross, he put a stop to that. And when you believe in his his accomplished work, your fall gets stopped. (laughs) There's a big stop. Praise the Lord, but God. You know, we were dead in offenses and sins, but God. There's a divine U-turn, and we're heading back up now. So then uh, he was buried, and on the third day, of course, he rose from the dead. And in his resurrection, he became the life-giving spirit. But also, he was designated to be the firstborn son of God. Okay, so in his resurrection, he is, I'm going to put here, um, S-O-G. And he's also, of course, the life-giving spirit. And... Um, so he was designated to be the Son of God in resurrection. And you might think, well, he was the Son of God already. Well, that's absolutely right. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. But he was only the Son of God in his divinity. He had not yet brought that humanity into divinity. Okay, so when he was uh, designated, and this is what Romans 1, 3 through 4 calls the gospel of God. Paul calls it the gospel of God. That the Lord, who was of the seed of David according to the flesh... He was designated the Son of God in power, right, according to the spirit of holiness, out of the resurrection of the dead. So here, here was the, um, the line of David. I don't know if you can see that dashed line. And then, so there's so-and-so begot so-and-so, and Abraham begot, you know, Isaac, and, and on down the line through David. And eventually you come to Mary, and then the Holy Spirit comes and conceives in her, right, uh, this holy thing, which is the Son of God. And this is Jesus, 
Okay, so he, at this time, is flesh. God, the word became flesh. But this flesh, brothers, eventually was designated son of God out of the resurrection of the dead. Okay, that is amazing. (laughs) He brought humanity into divinity. Wow, this is the gospel. Okay, why is it the gospel? Because now that he is, he's fully um, completed, fully processed, he's reached the goal, he's in glory, there's a man in the glory. What's he doing in us? He's going to do the same thing. That's the good news. Who, who were you born of? Who are you the seed of? I'm a seed of Findison. What does that mean? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I have no great heritage and no, I can't find anybody in my background that meant anything. Okay, so, you know, um, anyway, praise the Lord. But one day he came into the seat of Findison and he regenerated me as the life-giving spirit. He came into my spirit. So this is a picture over here of our our tripartite being, our spirit, our soul, and our body. And uh, what happens is when he comes into our spirit, he regenerates us, and our spirit is life. We saw that in Romans 8.10. So that's Romans 8.10. Okay. We just finished Romans 8 last night. And then, guess what? Is that all? Is he just going to regenerate my spirit? The big part of me, my soul, is just a mess. Brothers, when he came into me, I was a mess. But what, what began to happen is he began to spread, you know, into my mind, emotion, will, into my soul. And this happens, as we saw last night, by us cooperating by setting our mind on the Spirit. And that's Romans 8, 6. Okay? And even even now, I mean, one day he's going to give life even to our mortal body. He's going to glorify us. But even today, brothers, I prayed for y'all this morning. I prayed for myself, Lord, give life to our mortal body. I know some of you didn't sleep too well last night, right? But Lord, give life to their mortal body. So even today, he can give life to our mortal body, and one day he'll do it consummately, and he'll swallow up all our death forever. And this is in Romans um, 8.11. So here you have the, um, basically, the triune God. You see God and his trinity, right? In Christ, as the life-giving spirit, giving life to the tripartite man. This is the process we're in, brothers. This is the process of sonship, okay? And you know what's going to happen when this process is done? You know what we're going to be designated? Sons of God. You know, if you go stand on the street corner today and say, I'm a son of God, what's everybody going to say? Is all the traffic going to stop and people are going to want to talk to you? And Nobody's going to think anything. Because they look at you and you just look like you're still in the flesh. All of this work that the Lord is doing in us is hidden today. But one day, you will be designated Son of God, and there will be no mistaking. You are a Son of God in every part of your being, spirit, soul, and body. Okay, so um, it's interesting that this is going on in all of us. And this is great news that I, there's a song that says, I, a child of hell should in his image shine. Isn't that great? A Findison is nothing. Nothing. Even just a sinful man 
just a sinner, constituted sin, could eventually become a son of God. It's just too much to think. This is God's complete salvation. And it has a judicial aspect, which is what he accomplished at the cross for us. Uh, We believe that, we're justified, and that's the solid base. And then we have the organic aspect, which includes mainly sanctification, him spreading into all the parts of our being, um, like it says there. So, okay, so let me just show you here. I had a, looking for a red one, maybe. So with Christ, you know, he was, came out of the seed of David according to the flesh. And it's like this, if you put this here, uh, yeah, up to here. So this, pro, this right here was a process. This was the sunizing, designating process. He was being designated during this time. Okay, there was a lot that happened in all that, in that time, and it's wonderful to get into that. He loved the Father. He's absolutely one with the Father, but not everybody understood that. (laughs) He had all kinds of earthly sufferings and persecutions and tribulations and on and on and on. In fact, it seemed like everything was working, you know, as a frustration to him. But actually, all things were working together for good (laughs) to uh, consummate the Son of God, right? So, um... Let's go down here now to the uh, Findison line. That's what these little lines are down here. Y'all probably wonder what these are. So this is the, this is the um, let's do the seed of uh, Findison here. Okay, we all have a line. These are just representative, these five, of the whole human race. And here we are, you know, just so-and-so begot so-and-so, and so-and-so begot so-and-so. And then one day, you know, I heard the gospel. We heard the gospel. And what happened? We got regenerated. The Spirit, Christ as the life-giving Spirit, came into our spirit and regenerated us. So, hallelujah, now there is divine life and nature in the Findison flesh. Up until this time, Findison just flesh. Now he's flesh, but he has a divine seed in him. He's got, the life, he's got Christ as the life-giving Spirit in him. So what does he need to do? What's the next step I need to take? I just got regenerated. What do I need to do? Yeah, you need to be baptized. Bury the seed. (laughs) The first thing you need to do is be baptized. Because, you know, it's interesting. Christ was crucified and then was buried. But we, brothers, our experience is backward. We're buried first, and then we live a crucified life. You've got to be buried into Christ's death. And that is through baptism. So baptism's huge. The more I got into this, I was like, baptism is huge. Eight of us, how many, raise up your hand if you got baptized yesterday. We had eight baptisms yesterday. Praise the Lord. You just, you got right into the process. And then how about today? Are we going to have any baptisms today? Does anybody want to be baptized today? Good. One, two, three. All right. Praise the Lord. Amen. So we'll, uh, we'll have that right after this meeting at noon. So please don't leave early. You missed the baptisms. You missed the burial. Um, but it's not just burial. You know, you bury something of the old creation normally, it just that's it, right? End of story. But you bury Christ, and what happens? Up from the grave he arose, right? He comes up from the dead. So when you bury somebody who has Christ in them, they come up. We didn't leave them in the tub yesterday, right? We didn't leave them in the water. But they came up. And now they're going to grow together with him in the likeness of his death and walk together with him in resurrection. So now you see that that's, 
once you're dead, uh, buried, crucified, you come up and you live in resurrection. So this is the life we're living today is a life in resurrection. This, brothers, is where um, the sun rising is going on, and this is where today's message is going to be in resurrection. So, you know, here's, here's maybe your friend over here that hadn't heard the gospel yet. They hadn't got into the process. So when you speak the gospel to them, what happens? They receive it, they pray, and they get regenerated, and that brings them into a process of sonship. And one day they'll be designated a son of God. Okay, so, brothers, all things work together for good for this. I, I really appreciated Tom sharing this morning. You know, a lot of times in this human life, what do we have? Is it all, everything's glorious, and, oh, you're a son of God, come on in, you can come first, and, you know... <laughs> It's just, it seems like actually because we love God and his love's been shed abroad in our heart, the enemy just attacks us. We've got all kinds of problems. But because, the, because of God's uh, wisdom, all these things are working together for good. So the pipe that just won't fit or the pipe that's shredding all the uh, PVC, what does that do? Or what's it trying to do? It's trying to help us turn. It's trying to help us get into the process of sanctification. So each one of us is in a little, is in a little, um, little, pro, little uh, designation process. And in this, all the things are working together for good. And his love is upholding us through all the tribulations and all the sufferings. Do you love God? Yes. Do you believe his love will see you all the way through? Yes. Will you reach the end? Yes. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! So, you know, sometimes it's easy to praise the Lord when the pipe breaks, and sometimes it's easy to, you know, to help somebody else realize, Troy, don't you know that broken truck? That's, that, that may be God working there, you know. It's easy for me to see it in his situation. But when it's my situation, sometimes my wife, she's having a suffering, and I'm like, honey, don't you see? This is just God's economy. The, Lord, the Lord's helping you turn to him. But, um then, you know, a few days later, something's happened to me, and I'm like, oh, Lord, why me? What, what, did, what did I do wrong? I don't, I don't understand. You know, I need her to help me. <laughs> Honey, this is God's economy. This is part of the designation process. Okay, so, okay, anyway, that, that's the God's complete salvation on the individual side, and we've seen that up, to, up till um, last night. We've been, we've seen the complete picture justification, regeneration, sanctification, glorification. But you know, brothers, Romans does not stop with chapter 8. Personally, I think I might be happy to stop with chapter 8. God's love's taking care of me. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, neither height nor depth nor principalities, nothing. You're going to make it. Isn't that good? I'm ready to stop. But brothers, Romans does not stop. And, you know, you have to go on. You know, some Christians actually, here's Romans, okay? They, they never even really get past chapter 4 on justification. So they get, get here to chapter 4, and that's basically it. Yeah, they got their fire insurance. Um, they know, they're assured that they're not going to go to the lake of fire. They, they, hit, they basically hit the stop and stopped, you know, and that's it. But the... Um, more seeking believers, they go on to experience the Lord in identification, sanctification. They get baptized. Uh, they know the Lord. It's indwelling. Even some of them get freed from the law of sin and death by the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And so they reach chapter, might, might reach chapter 8. 
and they're there. And uh, that's, I mean, that's really good. That's much better than staying in chapter 4. You're in the sonship process. You're in the designation process. But brothers, Paul does not stop there. He goes on, or Romans goes on, to chapter 12. And that's, we're going to start there today. And when we hit chapter 12, so this is, uh, let's say this is, uh, I guess, uh, what should I put here? Sanctification, I guess. Then we have here, now we reach the body. And I'm going to go ahead and say this now, because I don't want to get up here on this thing again, but uh, (laughs) Romans, brothers, doesn't even stop in chapter 12. I mean, chapter 12 is so high, and the sea of vision of the body is so high, which hopefully we'll see something of this morning. But Romans actually goes all the way to 16. And in 16, what we have is the local churches. And this is very interesting that Paul does not mention the word church in the entire book, all the way through 15 chapters. And then all of a sudden, in chapter 16, five times it's mentioned. And it's all referring to local churches, churches in localities, churches on the earth today, churches that I can be a part of, churches in practicality. Okay, so eventually we reach the local churches, and this is the ultimate consummation of God's complete salvation is the local churches. So I'm going to just give you a little foretaste there, and I wanted to finish the, <laughs> finish the diagram. Okay, so let's turn to the outline uh, we have here. Let's read the title together. The Body Life, The Purpose of God's All right, so the body life. Hallelujah, the body life. Let's all say it together. The body life. Okay, that is, it's the purpose. Why? Why is God doing all this complete salvation? What's, what's the reason for it? What's the purpose? What's the issue? What's the goal? What's his heart's desire? And it is that he would have a corporate expression in a body that would fully express Christ. And this, of course, glorifies God. So let's read point one together. Y'all ready? Point one. We are... All right, let's go ahead and read Romans 12, 5. So we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. So we who are many are one what? So, yeah, apparently we're many. Many seeds that have been regenerated and we're all passing through the process. So we're many sons. But actually, and we are many sons. He's the firstborn among many brothers, right? So... But these together, back up here, okay. These together now form something, a corporate body. One, or I should say one. Yeah, one body. So do you realize that you were justified? You got justified. Why? Why did he justify you? Was it just to save you from hell? Was it even just to make you a son of God? That's pretty high. But he actually has something further in view. And that is that you could be a member of the body of Christ. Praise the Lord. So why were you regenerated? Why are you passing through all those sufferings? All that tribulation? Why? To be a member of the body of Christ. Amen. Okay, so individually we're even members one of another. Okay, let's read point A. 
Ready? A. Being captivated by the compassions of God. And how about the sisters on Romans 12.1? Okay, after, you got to realize, after all this, all this fellowship, after all this revelation, after all this unveiling, after all this vision of God's complete salvation, Paul basically, I mean, it doesn't say he gets on his knees, but basically he gets on his knees and begs them, I exhort you, I beg you, brothers, what? You need to do something. You need to have a response. All this is for what? It's for the Lord's body. So you need to present your body, right? To be part of this living sacrifice. Many bodies, we're many bodies here today, right? But it's one sacrifice. So, you know, really we need to be captivated. It's one thing, you know, I I know we use this verse for consecration. Um, You know, you need to give all that you have, all that you are, all you can do. Give it to the Lord. He bought you with a price. I mean, you're his. Have you ever done that? Have you ever written down everything or just prayed it? Everything I have, everything I can do, uh, my whole future, Lord, is yours. Okay, that's just kind of giving yourself to the Lord in a general way. That's great. I hope everybody here does it. I think some of the brothers still have a little list in their wallet from 30 years ago or something of when they gave themselves and, and their future and everything to the Lord. That's a great experience. But this here, this consecration, is not just to God in general. This is, you're presenting your body to be part of the sacrifice. (laughs) It's a high price. If I just give myself to God, who knows, you know, whether he's using me or not, or, you know, whether he wants me to do anything or not, I don't know. But, you know, if I give myself for the body, oh, Lord, I gotta present my body. My body, really? How about just my heart? I just present my I give you my heart, Lord. Lord, I love you with all my heart. He says, I want your body. <laughs> or your oh, I'll be with you in spirit, brothers. Y'all, y'all go ahead and go to the meeting. I'll be with you in spirit, brothers. <laughs> Maybe there's some saints here right now in spirit, you know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but uh, brothers, y'all y'all got here because you gave your body. Praise the Lord, you presented your body this weekend. So we present our body to him for his body, for the, for the sacrifice. And this takes the whole compassion of God. Um, you know, I, I was always wondering what, why Romans 9 through 11 are there. You got these three chapters that are kind of like a parenthesis between 8 and 12. And I've always been like, why? Why is that there? I don't really understand this whole section on selection. And, you know, I didn't, couldn't understand and I was kind of wished it wasn't there because it's much better just to go right from 8 into 12. From the sonship, now the sons, the many. We are many, but we're one body in Christ. But you know what he basically does in 9 through 11? He paints a portrait for us Gentiles. How many in here are Jews? A couple? We have a few? Is Neil the only one? No more Jews in here? Oh, we got one. Okay, so we got a couple. Good. But basically, most of us are Gentiles. And he paints a picture of how the Lord, we were completely cut off from God's purpose, from God's promises, from God's people, from God's covenants, from, God, from any hope of having anything to do with God. We were out. We were out as Gentiles. 
But he spends these three chapters showing that God, in his wisdom, has brought us in. And brothers, he says he, he will have compassion on whom he will have compassion. And the people that were not his people, he will call my people. And the people that weren't even looking for him will find him. And that's us, brothers. It is, you read that and you're just moved. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your compassion. You chose me. You didn't some, there's some others you didn't choose for whatever reason. Esau I loved. I mean, uh, Jacob I loved. Esau I hated. Why? Who knows? It's God's selection. You were selected by God. He chose you. You're a vessel of mercy. There's some vessels of wrath on the earth. And God is going to show forth his wrath on these vessels. But he's chosen us to be vessels of mercy. Who he's going to what? He's going to pour into us his glory. We, we are vessels unto glory. So anyway, brothers, you go through those chapters, and even the whole book of Romans, his entire complete salvation, is just a book of his compassion. And so finally, after all this, what should you do? How should you respond? Lord, I give my body. I present my body for your body. To be part of the living sacrifice. And sometimes it is a sacrifice. Maybe coming to this conference was a sacrifice. You had to give up something. Oh, there was a big ultimate Frisbee you know, tournament this weekend. Or there was a, you know, a concert that I had to be part of or something. You know, it's, sometimes it's a sacrifice to present our body. So I hope all of us would really respond and pray, Lord, I give my body to you for your body. And that way the Lord can remind us, you know, when it's time to go to the meeting and we're, you know, not feeling so good or whatever. We can remember, amen, my body. Okay, well, it's great. You get your body. You give, you give your body for the, um, oh, let's read these other verses. Sorry, brothers, on 2 Corinthians 5. You ready, brothers? Go. <laughs> Having judged this. Now, praise the Lord, we have the love of God constraining us. And you know, y'all all know that song, right? Thy mighty love, O God, constraineth me. Okay, I got some new words for you. With all the saints to present my body. Together as a living sacrifice. A corporate body to express your Christ. So hallelujah for his mighty love constraining us to give ourselves for his purpose. Okay, and then let's go to the next point, um, B, presenting our bodies a living sacrifice. Um, we just read that first verse. Did we read the whole thing? Oh, no, we got to read. Okay, let's, let's read it again, all of us. Romans 12, 1. I exhort you, therefore, brothers. Amen. You know, it's, uh, we present our bodies a living sacrifice. If you uh, slay an animal, like in the Old Testament, that sacrifice is dead. But because Christ is in us, we're a living sacrifice. And, um, you know, brothers, this is really the reasonable thing to do. I was really touched by this. It, this is the reasonable thing to do, is to give yourself. After seeing all the vision of God's complete salvation, all of his compassion that he's had on you, 
what's the reasonable thing to do? Should I give myself to the world? That is not reasonable. It's just a vanity. Should I give myself to entertainment? It's just not reasonable. What should I give myself? What should I give my money for? You know, I mean, you give $2 to the world, it's just unreasonable or something. But you give $2 to, for the Lord's purpose on the earth, that is reasonable. In fact, we waste all kinds of money. How much money did you spend coming here? I shouldn't say waste. <laughs> it's not wasted. <laughs> we spend gladly, happily, because that's the reasonable thing to do. Amen. So it's reasonable, brothers. Hope the Lord will reason with us all to give ourselves more for his body. Okay, let's go on to being renewed in the mind, because the thing is, is once you get my body, what comes with it? Yeah, okay. So let's read Sisters uh, Romans. Um, let's see, where are we here? Oh, I guess we, okay, let's rotate. We'll have the sisters on two, brothers three, sisters four, and so forth. So sisters are first. Ready, sisters? Go. Brothers, yeah. Amen. 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 Yeah, let me go ahead and finish out a couple verses here um, from there. Whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Or service, let us be faithful in that service. Or he who teaches in that teaching. Or he who exhorts in that exhortation. He who gives in simplicity. He who leads in diligence. He who shows mercy in cheerfulness. I'm not sure why those verses got cut off. <clears throat> okay, so those are very important. Okay, so here, brothers, we are, after we present our body, I present my body, brothers, guess what comes with it? My soul. Actually, my, my whole being, soul and spirit. And my soul, guess what? It's full of high things. I'm very proud. I think highly of myself. Um, you know, and I think I can do a whole lot. <laughs> so, so I come in, and the brothers are just all enjoying the Lord, and eventually I cause problems. I cause problems. Got ambition and pride and, and self-will and self, you know, and all the natural man and everything like that. What needs to happen? It's right here in this verse. Do not be fashioned according to this age, but what? Be transformed by the renewing of the mind. Our mind, brothers, needs to be renewed. For what? For the body life. If I'm, if I'm just here in my natural mind, and you're here in na your natural mind, and you're here in your natural mind, eventually what's going to happen? We're just going to have problem after problem. And there's not going to be any oneness. There's not going to be any building. So we need to be renewed. We're in desperate need to be renewed. And the first thing that has to happen is um, we need to have the, uh, all the high things torn down. He even says not to think more highly of yourself than you ought to think, but uh, to think as to be sober-minded. Praise the Lord. 
in the church life, he's tearing down our high-mindedness. And, um, and also, we shouldn't be fashioned according to this age. You know, this is a, really a matter of your, um, um, your mind, a lot of it. Of course, you could have an outward um, expression. I could be wearing the latest hairdo or carrying the latest handbag or wearing the latest shoes or, or whatever. There's, all, there's always like a, there's a current. The world has different ages. And depending on which age you're in, you'll see a different look. So if you go back and you look at something, you see the 90s. Oh, that's so 90-ish or whatever. Or that's so 2000 or whatever. You know, it's because you can tell just by looking at the people. I look back at some old photos in my family, and I'm like, oh, that was the 70s. <laughs> that was the 80s. You know, because everybody looks the same. They've all got the same hairstyle. They've all wearing the same clothes, the same colors, the same patterns. So there's an outward expression, but there's also an inward shaping. The world is shaping all the time, just shaping. And all the dead people in the world, they have no resistance to this. They just flow along through, through time, and they're just being shaped by all the philosophy and the, um, you know, the, the patterns of the age. Well, Paul says, don't be fashioned according to this age. Whoa, don't be fashioned according to this age. So, you know, I was thinking of one age. I remember back a, a few years back, <clears throat> everything that you w- heard or saw or whatever was always related to squeezing the last drop out of life. And I remember there was a song that this, this guy, he had found out he had cancer or something, so he was going to spend the last days of his life skydiving and climbing the Rocky Mountains and riding on a bull. But, I mean, he was going to get the last drop out of that life before he passed on. Brothers, what is that? Does any of that have to do with, with God's purpose? Nothing. How about we give the last days of our life to building up the body of Christ? I want to gain the last drop of Christ I can. And I want to put the last drop of Christ into you that I can. <laughs> right? But the, the age is just telling us, oh, what about your... Remember, there was a show, whatever, called the bucket list. Yeah, and even we have that as a common term now. I got it on my bucket list. <laughs> well, the whole idea was these people were going to die. They got to get this and this and this accomplished. I got to go here. I got to go there. I got to see this. I got to do that before I die. Okay, brothers, that is just the age. It was just the age at that time. You know, that wasn't the age back in the 70s or the 80s, but that was the, you know, that was, that was the age at that time, just being conformed. So you got to squeeze out the last bit. Okay, I know one of my sons, he went to the um, high school conference, and it was his last one. So he had to squeeze the last bit of fun out of there. You know, was he? <laughs> so they snuck out at night, you know. I mean, he was going to go out with a bang. <laughs> I think they went to the swim in the pool that they weren't supposed to go to. And, you know, eventually I think he got caught and got in trouble with the brothers. And so he went out with a bang, all right. But... <laughs> I mean, that's just, our, that's just the concept. Just got to get, oh, I'm in college. I got to do all this college stuff. I got to get all, this, all the experiences while I'm in college. Got to get the last drop of the college experience. Brothers, forget about that. That is the thought of this age. How about you gain as much Christ in college as you can? I want to gain Christ under every tree on this campus. I want to pray in every building on this campus. And I want to preach the gospel to somebody in every quadrant of this campus. I want somebody to get saved in every semester of my college years. We need to be renewed in our mind. 
not fashioned according to this age. Okay, and then, of course, the main thing is to be uh, torn down, all of our high thoughts. And then, eventually, brothers, we, come, we have many members. Do you realize you're a member? You know, if you uh, are a son, a son, you are a son, right? But you're also a member. Now, a son is mainly related to life. And we saw the organic salvation, judicial redemption, organic salvation, life, life, life. But a member, yes, the member needs to be alive, but a member is related to function. What we're talking about now in the body is function. Function for the expression of Christ. <clears throat> so here you have actually listed, and that's why I wanted to read the rest of the verse, because even though we're many members, we all have different functions. So you don't have the same function as me, and I don't have the same function as you. If Just seeing this is a huge renewal of the mind. It's huge. I no longer have to worry. Oh, I've got to be like Paul. You know, wow, Paul can really do this. He can really um, do that. No, I don't have to be like Paul. I'm released from that. And also I'm released from trying to make Paul be like me. Paul has no desire to, be, to do what I do in the body, maybe. Right? But he doesn't have to because he's not me. He's not this member. He's a different member. You see that? I mean, if you just look at your own body, if you just look at your own body, there's so many different members, and they're all doing different things. But they're all, for, they're all for the one purpose. They're all for the one expression of me, right? You have your body for the expression of you. But all the members are working together to express you. Do you know what this means, brothers? This is great news. This is great news. Your members one of another. That means... That brother, David, is a member of me, and I'm a member of him. We're members one of another. That means that what David is, is mine, and what I am is his. Do you realize that? You just got a lot richer if you see that. Because before you're worried about what you can do and what you can, how you can function and all this other. But actually, if you realize you're a member... You don't need to try to do anything. Just be what you are in Christ. And there's all kinds of other members that you can just, their function is yours. One day I was driving on, the, on Congress and I was, I was, you know, I was seeing something. You know, a brother had spoken the night before and I was considering what he said. And I was just like a light came. And I saw something. And to be honest with you, I can't even really remember what it was. But um, I remember I was in the, in, in the vision. And this was the realization I had at that time. When he speaks, I see. When he speaks, and I even put it into words at that time. I was so happy. I was beside myself. When he speaks, I see. I don't see that much by myself. I'm not like the eye. But this brother, he sees. He's an eye. He has revelation. And so when he speaks that, I as another member get it. I got the same revelation that he got. His revelation became mine. I'm not an eye. But I got the eye's revelation. I got the eye's vision. The eye's vision is for me. Actually, not for me. It's for the body. But I, as a member of the body, got the vision of the eye. So you just look at some of these uh, functions here, um, these members. You have prophesying, 
service, teaching, exhortation. You know, um, I mean, the brothers were encouraging us. We need to learn. I mean, we need to be teachers. We need to be able to teach the next generation, right? We can all teach. We can all prophesy. We can all serve. But there's some that are especially gifted in teaching. I've heard some brothers, and boy, when they speak the truth, I mean, it is straight. And they can really teach. Um, well, guess what? I was listening to a tape this week. I was listening to a brother teaching. And I was like, his teaching, his speaking is so crystal clear and so straight and so true. Guess what? It's mine. His teaching is mine. His teaching function is for me. It's for the body. I just take it. I'm rich, brothers. I'm rich. I get all y'all's function. Y'all get all, all, all. Y'all are rich too. We're rich in the body of Christ. Okay, there's exhortation. You know, there's a brother. I heard he was on campus. I said, I told my wife, I said, I can just see him exhorting those brothers. And uh, she said, yeah. I can, that, that, she, she totally agreed. And we just realized this brother is particularly gifted at exhorting. I don't know why. I cannot explain it. I cannot exhort people. I, you know, I try to exhort somebody one-on-one, and it just doesn't go well. They don't receive it. I don't know what it is. You know, I'm just not an exhorter. I don't have the exhort. I mean, I can try. But this brother, he exhorts you, and for some reason, you take it. You receive it. It's in love. He's exhorted me before. Um, giving in simplicity. We should all give, right? But there's some brothers that are especially gifted. They can give in simplicity. Um, and you just can't even believe it. You know, my wife and I, we were, we were moving to a, a new locality. We were, you know, we were going for the Lord's, you know, interest there. And we didn't have much money, um, but we wanted to get a, we needed to get a house. And, um, you know, a brother just paid our down payment. Do you know, that's a lot of money. <laughs> and you're just like, What? Where does that? Okay, another time I was kind of going through a downtime spiritually. And, um, you know, anyway, I don't want to go into a long detail, but all of a sudden I get a call, you know, and, and somebody had donated a um, vehicle to me. It, was a, it happened to be a truck. And I, <laughs> I was like, wow, thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Was that the, well, who was that taking care of us? It was the body. It was the Lord in the body, through the body, through the members, through these members that can give in simplicity. Who could believe that? Even sometimes there'll be somebody riding with me or something. There, oh, how much did you pay for this truck? Oh, well, actually, it was given to me. Do you know what that does to their brain? Huh? I mean, when they find out it's not from a family member, it's just like, especially if they're not a believer. They just cannot believe. What, what are you talking about? Gave it to you. Huh? No strings attached? What? Okay, another time, brothers. I was praying in the morning, and I, I guess I was in, we were in financial hardship, or I felt that way. And I was like, Lord, I really need to find a bag of money. <laughs> could, could you please arrange, you know? And, um, you know... I was uh, praying for a miracle. 
That very day, a brother gave me $1,000. Same day. Later on that evening, I remembered that prayer, and I was like, wow, you did give me that money. You just didn't give it to me the way I thought. I was expecting a bag of money on the side of the street. But you gave it to me through the body. There was a member who could give in simplicity, and you met my need in the body. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Anyway, that's just some examples there, brother. We, as members, we just enjoy the Lord, and spontaneously, these gifts in life grow in us. They develop. Some of us here, today we may only be able to give $10, but someday in the future, we may be giving somebody a down payment to a house. Because why? The life in us will have grown, and we, our function will have increased. You know, you look at a little baby. The baby has all the members, but the members can't yet function, right, at, at much. They can't do much. But eventually, if the baby will grow, eat, grow, eventually those members become very, very skilled. Very, they, uh, they're at the top of their game, right? Anyway, praise the Lord. So um, let's go on here. Um, the next one, brothers, is we need to be, let's read point D together. Be in our Again. Be in our okay, how about you just pray read this with your neighbor? Romans 12, 11. Stir up your spirit. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Be burning in our spirit. So do you see your whole being here? You need to present your body. Because if the Lord doesn't get your body, he doesn't get anything. And then you need to be renewed and transformed in your soul to be just a member. And then what do you need to do with your spirit? Should you be slothful, dead, dormant, cold, apprehensive? What? Burning. Be burning in spirit. And uh, brothers, I just really appreciate that uh, we can, you know, Paul, he says in 2 Corinthians 1, 6, he said, fan into flame the gift of God which is in you. Fan it, fan it. So just right then when y'all were prayer reading, what were you doing? fanning you know you have these old stoves and basically to get the fire going inside you have to open the the flues or i don't know what they call them the little slide panels or whatever and you open that up and the air can get in and the fire can get going and it's like in the morning we wake up and we're like that stove and we have we do have the fire within us uh you know paul said not to quench the holy spirit so he's in us but it's kind of like a little pilot light <laughs> you know so you need to open up the flu. And that is what? Your mouth. Jesus. When you open up the flu, the air gets in and the fire starts burning. And we need to exercise. You know, Paul says in 1 Timothy 4, 7, he, he encouraged Timothy to exercise himself unto godliness. And this is to exercise your spirit. So, you know, this verse there, exercise, I think is the word for gymnastics. This is not referring to... You know, 
a little exercise. You know, when I, uh, I have a, um, now a personal trainer, paying out the nose for that, but anyway, I, every Monday I go in after work on, you know, Monday, and that is brutal. But, uh, and when I go in there, do you think I'm going to, you think I'm expecting to sit around? Did I bring my reading book? No. I've got my warm-ups on or whatever, and I am ready to work. That guy just tortures me. <laughs> but we exercise. You know, all those squats and everything. That, when you go to the gym, you're ready, you're going to exercise. And brothers, our church life is a gym. When you come to the church meetings, you are coming to the gymnasium. Prepare to exercise. Exercise. And uh, the more we exercise, the stronger we get. You know, if your spirit's not very strong today, what do you need to do? Man, when I first started going to that trainer, whoo, it was brutal. Now he's got me doing stuff I couldn't even believe I could, could have done a year ago. And it's because I've gotten stronger. The muscles have gotten stronger. And our spirit is like a muscle. It is like a muscle. And a little, it's a little muscle that needs to be strengthened. So the more you exercise it, the stronger it gets. Amen. So exercise your spirit. Be burning in spirit. And then, brothers, this whole next section is on enjoying the riches of God. Okay, so basically we have a big section here. When we exercise our spirit, we enjoy the riches of God. And you can basically put the rest of this message into three parts. There's the, um, basically we have the, I'll put here the, uh, well, I'm running out of room, but we have like the inner life. We have the daily life, which is an expression of our inner life. And then finally we have the body life, or the meeting life. I like body life better, it's more inclusive. Which is the expression of our daily life. So that's the rest of me. So first we'll start with the inner life, and that is enjoying the riches of God. If I realize I'm a member, and I'm going to be of any use to the body at all, and I'm going to grow, what do I need to do? I need to enjoy the riches of God. This is integral. This is central. This is, I think in, uh, in Revelation on the uh, matter of the tree of life, he says, this is the primary matter in the church life is what? That we eat the tree of life. We have to eat the tree of life. Brothers, otherwise we are just, in chapter 12, we are just body talkers. You can be talking about the body. Let's have a little talk about the body. What kind of member are you and this and that? But there's no reality. There's no expression. There's no practicality. It's just a bunch of talk. So until we come to this and act, enjoying the riches of the Lord, then we're just talking. Brothers, we need to enjoy the riches of the Lord. And the first way is by what? Calling on the name of the Lord. How about we all call on the name of the Lord a few times? Oh, Lord. Open the flu. Amen. Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus. So let, let's read these verses here. Let's, let's read verse 9. Uh, sisters and then brothers will do 12 and 13. Ready, sisters, go. Amen. Amen. 
calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So, you know, one thing we, um, and I meant to cover this a little bit earlier, but basically as the Lord passed through this process, he incorporated all of these riches of divinity, humanity, human living with all of its sufferings, his all-inclusive wonderful death. I mean, we could have a whole conference just on his death, right? And all that he accomplished there, and the powerful resurrection. Guess where he put all of that? He put it in the Spirit. It's in himself. So when you received him, what did you get? Did you just get divinity? Did you just get God? You got God. You got the God-man. And you not only got the God-man, but you got the God-man who passed through the human living. And you got the God-man that was crucified. And you got the reality of his wonderful crucifixion. And you got, the, you got his resurrection. So how do we, these are the rich, these are some of the riches of, of, of God, the riches of the Lord. So when we experience the Spirit, when we open to him and call on his name and he comes in, what do you get? You get the riches. The question is, what do you need? What do you need? Well, you know what? Everything you need today is in the Spirit. He is like an all-inclusive dose. You know, the, all the positive things are there. The death is there to deal with all the negative things. It's kind of like an antibiotic. It's like a shot with uh, vitamins and minerals and nutrients and amino acids and all these other things. And it also has an antibiotic to kill the germs, to kill the infection, to deal with the sinful nature, to deal with all the things of Adam, right? So when you open your mouth and you call on the name of the Lord... You get him. And today he's the spirit. And he has all this in him. Everything you need. Are you a troubled brother? Or sister? <laughs> Here is a dose. Right? Stop. It'll end all your trouble. Doesn't mean to take your trouble away. But the trouble going on in here will be terminated. You got anxiety? Are you worried about going home today? Here's a dose. <laughs> Call on his name. Enjoy his riches. So we have to see this as a member in the body. I need to enjoy the riches of the Lord. I need to enjoy the riches of God. And that is by calling on his name. Um, so I hope you would really call on the Lord's name and enjoy his riches. Okay, then the next one is, um, let's read point F. Enjoying the riches. Yeah, so this is another way we can enjoy the riches is by getting into the Word. I'm so glad the brothers gave us the Bible reading schedule. We can get in the Word, and as you get in the Word, it is like you get the dose. You know, and sometimes you may not notice an immediate change, okay? But if you read the Word for a month, there will be a change. That antibiotic will be working in you. Some of that stuff that you were having trouble with a month ago, gone. What happened to it? I was having all those troubles with my flesh and this and that. Somehow it got terminated because you got the dose by reading the word. Okay, so, um, so this verse says, So faith comes out of hearing and th hearing through the word of Christ. Well, if I increase my hearing, what's going to happen? Yeah. And if I, list, I, mean, if I have less hearing, what's going to happen? <laughs> so it's like, more hearing? More faith. Less hearing, less faith. Okay, well, today, brothers, we are in an age, and sisters, where the 
world is just providing us a lot of other things to listen to, a lot of other things to read. I mean, you can read, you know, news all day long now. Well, you know what happens when you read the news to your faith? News up, faith down. I mean, that's my experience. The more news I read, the less I'm enjoying the Lord. And you can do that with a lot of things. You can just put your, whatever your, <laughs> your thing is over here, right? More of X, less faith, right? Anyway, I just feel like, brothers, we are in an age where we can have the word coming into our ears all the time. I got it on my phone. I've got like unlimited riches in my phone that I can read. I can listen to it anytime on the, uh, through the internet. I was even thinking of making a new app, although I don't know how to do any of that, but it's called McManna. Yeah. You know how everybody goes to McDonald's, they don't have time for it to make breakfast, so they go to uh, McDonald's to get their breakfast, and boom, one minute, you got your breakfast. Well, this uh, young lady at work, she doesn't have time, she says, to get into the uh, Word or, you know, to have any contact with the Lord of Prayer in the morning. So I was thinking, but she spends 20 or 30 minutes in traffic, you know, just sitting there. Listening to who knows what. Well, what if I could get the e-mana to just click a button and the e-mana starts reading to you? Yeah, she could enjoy McManna. So we need to be creative. More ways to get the word of Christ into my ears. My faith will go up. I'll be filled with life. And brothers, this is good for the body. Life is good for the body. Death is bad for the body. (laughs) <laughs> the more life, the more body. Amen. Okay, so um, let's go on. Let's read the next one. Enjoying the riches of God by persevering in prayer. And I just wanted to share, you know, this is always a battle. Paul even says persevere. It's, it's a struggle to persevere in prayer. And let's read Romans eight twenty six. Moreover, in like manner... Yeah, so these, these are just tremendous verses in Romans on prayer. Even the Spirit's joining us uh, with groanings. I was thinking there's three ways I thought of you can pray. You can pray by yourself, right? We should all pray by ourselves. I hope you prayed by yourself this morning. Um, I remember when I was in college, I had a place I could go in the evenings. Uh, there was a, I lived on a street called Keith, and so we called it the Keith House. And up the street, there was the Concordia Lutheran College, and at the college, they had a baseball field, and it was not locked or shut up or anything. So you could just walk right into the baseball diamond. So at night, I would go over there and pray. I would fellowship with the Lord. And uh, a lot of times, I'd sit in the dugout and just uh, have, have a prayer there and really enjoy the Lord. And I remember, you know, there was a highway nearby there, so it was nice because there's a lot of noise. I didn't have to worry about anybody hearing me. You know, I could... I could speak as loud or call as loud or sing as loud or whatever I wanted to do. Free. And uh, one, one night I even remember just being out in the baseball diamond, praising the Lord at the top of my lungs, singing and praising Him. Uh, I could never forget that. He's so wonderful. He's my Lord. He's so excellent. Uh, he's so rich. So we need to have a personal prayer. And then with companions. 
Uh, that's the second one. We can praise in twos or threes, and the brothers are even helping us to you know, have companions that we pray together with. This is so important that we have some to pray together with. And, you know, um, I had some companions in college, and we, of course, we hung out and did some, you know, study together and this and that, but we also prayed together. And we would just get to a point in the day, and you're like, we need Jesus. <laughs> we need to breathe. We need some uh, living water. We're, we're, we're just dying here. Lord, give me a drink. So we would go, and we'd find a place to pray, and we found some really cool places to pray. There was one building where we could go up the stairwell all the way to the top, and there was some kind of attic or something up there, but we'd just sit right there on the top flight, you know, on the stairs and pray. And pray to Oh, those prayers were so good. Um, so rich. And, you know, you can pray for, um, pray for your, you know, main, the main reason we pray is to enjoy Him, to enjoy the Lord. But the, obviously, the second reason we would pray is for our burdens and our... Um, those around us. I know Chris Lynch, he used to come to me. I was working at uh, UT Austin in that big Babylonian tower. I was like on floor eight. But uh, I got two breaks a day for 15 minutes. And sometimes Chris would come by and we would go out and pray. Oh, those were great times of prayer. And one time, listen to this. I still remember this one time. Um, we prayed for my dad, who... My dad never came to anything, and I never even believed he would come to anything. But we prayed for him, and like that, I don't remember if it was that night or that week, he came to a meeting. And I was so happy and so thankful that my dad finally came to a meeting. That was from the companion prayer. Then also, brothers, there's the prayer meetings of the church. Um, any of y'all ever been to the prayer meetings in the, of the church? Oh, those are awesome. You know, when I was in college... I really enjoyed the prayer meeting of the church. What would happen is every week, somehow, I would get into the, um, into out of the orbit of God's economy, out of the orbit of God's eternal purpose, and into the orbit of myself. <laughs> yeah. So usually by Wednesday I'm coming in, and I'm just completely in myself. Maybe I'm weighted down by sin or, you know, the, something, problem or whatever. And then we would come together and we would enjoy the Lord. First, we'd usually take the blood, wash all the sins away. Thank you, Lord, for your judicial redemption. And then we would begin enjoying him. And eventually, we would pray for something related to his purpose. Something related to God saving man. Saving man judicially, saving man organically, saving man to be part of his body. And brothers, I would get rearranged. When I left that prayer meeting, I'm in a whole different orbit. I'm no longer going that way. I'm going this way. And uh, I have meaning for my life. I know what I'm supposed to do. I mean, everything got reordered just in that little prayer meeting. So I encourage you to go to the prayer meeting. Uh, How about uh, we um, enjoy a grafted life, partaking of the fatness of the root? That's another one. Um, This one basically you know, is uh, Christ is the fat root. The Jews, because of their unbelief, got broken off. And we, the Gentiles, got grafted in. Now, with grafting, you have to have two cuts, right? The tree has to get cut, and then the branch has to have a cut. And you put those two cuts together, and they grow together. So, with Christ, where did he get cut? Yeah, his cut was on the cross. Where was our cut? 
Yeah, but our cut actually was in our baptism. And when you got baptized, you know, when you get baptized, you basically say, I'm good for nothing but death and burial. I'm over. God pronounced judgment on me, and I say amen. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> and that's when we got into the death of Christ, and we got grafted into Christ. Now all of his riches are ours. So we just need to come back to that baptism and to that termination all the time. Y'all ever have that sense? Oh, I'm anxious, I'm troubled, I'm worried, I'm dead, I'm this, I'm that, I got all this. What do you need? Have you ever prayed this? Lord, I just need to be terminated. Have you ever prayed that? I have, many times. Lord, what I need right now is your all-inclusive death. What I need for all this reasoning and all this worry and all this whatever realm I'm in, I need your death applied to me right now. And guess what? It's available to us. His death is in the Spirit. We call on Him, and we get into that death, and we grow together with Him. Enjoy the riches of the fatness. So just stop your being, turn to the Lord, die to yourself, and live. Stop, turn, die, live. Amen. <laughs> All right, then uh, how about enjoy the riches of God by preaching the gospel to make the Gentiles an offering to God. This is another great way to enjoy the riches, um, and the brothers were sharing about that too. How about we have um, sisters on Romans 10, 14 through 15, and the brothers will do uh, Romans 15, 16. Ready, sisters, go. Amen. Brothers. Amen. So preaching the gospel, it is a great way to enjoy the riches of, of the Lord. You know, when I was on the campus... Again, many times, I just felt like the campus was on top of me. My flesh was always bothering me. You know, the sin, you know, the world. The, just, you just feel like you're under everything. But then sometimes I would go preach the gospel with the brothers. And uh, <laughs> we'd go out for one hour and just share. And a lot of times I didn't say too much. But anyway, I'm there. And sometimes people would get saved. They would pray with us right there. Can you believe that? It's, it's just hard to imagine that, you know, one minute they're just... They're just on their line, just heading for the lake of fire. The you know, lake of fire would be just if you follow this out. If you don't get onto this, into the process of God's complete salvation, where are you going? So they're just heading to the lake of fire. An hour later, they are heading to glory. <laughs> right? They're heading, they're on their way into the body. Uh, they're on their way to the full sonship. Whew. Man. I tell you, the most time, when I got regenerated, I enjoyed the Lord more than I thought I ever could. But when I first, we first led somebody to Christ, it was comparable. It was comparable. <laughs> so we really enjoy the Lord by preaching the gospel. Um, and you know what happens? An hour later, I'm not under it anymore. I'm on top of the campus. Everything's under my feet. I'm reigning in life. I'm more than conqueror. You know? <laughs> I don't have any problems. Because I just had my vitamin G. I had my gospel. It, brothers, it is an integral, integral 
We need to preach the gospel. We need to flow out. I know that one sister shared about the water hose. You've got to, if you're going to be taken in, like at this conference, what are you doing? I mean, you've been speaking some, but you've been taking in a lot of the word. So what do you need to do? Yeah, go home and flow out. Flow out in the car. Flow out when you get home. Flow out to your friends. Preach the gospel, and you will enjoy the riches of God. Okay, so let's go on here. Um, point two. So that is the inner life. That is so critical. We have to be exercising our spirit, enjoying the Lord. Our primary matter in the church life should be eating the tree of life. This makes us alive, and the body needs life, right? Okay, then out of that spontaneously comes a daily life. Uh, I don't want to say that it's not part of the body life, because really it is. Paul's concept in these chapters is the whole thing is the body life. So don't think, well, and a lot of times I think, oh, I got my, human, you know, my life. And then I've got my church life, my body life, right? But in Paul's view, no. If you're a member, do you have another, you got, you got another life? You've only got one life. And that is, you're, you're in the body, and your life is a body life. So, so these expressions start coming out in our, um, in our daily lives. So let's read point A. Or well, I guess we read point two first. Let's read point two. We are metabolically transformed to practice the body life. And point A? We are transformed to live a life that we practice the aromatic virtues of Christ. Oh, aromatic, aromatic. Christ was aromatic. He was full of the divine virtues expressed in his, uh, or sorry, the divine attributes expressed in his human virtues. So when he got around people at the seashore and he said, Come follow me. What did they do? Why? What was it? Did he offer them some money? I mean, why did they follow this man? There was just something aromatic. Oh, they could sense God manifested in the flesh. You know, one time, um, one time, uh, this sister, she was going back to Taiwan. She was, I felt like she was a spiritual sister. And, um, she was told, talking to me about a brother, and she said, listen to this, he smells like Christ. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Brothers, what a compliment. What a com- I was thinking, is there a higher compliment? I don't know. You smell like Christ. You know, even you look like Christ is good, but it's not as good as you smell like Christ. Because, you know, look might just be kind of an outward facade, but smell is there something of an inner constitution. So that was really a, a really... So anyway, if we enjoy the Lord like we were just talking about, we will smell like Christ. Christ will begin to be expressed in our human living. So let's look at... Um, and we're transformed, okay? 2 Corinthians 3.18. Um, we're beholding and reflecting like a mirror the glory of the Lord, and we're transformed into the same image from glory to glory, even as from the Lord's Spirit. So with transformation, it's very similar and related to sanctification. Actually, sanctification is part of transformation. But with sanctification, you have the new element. This is the element of life, the element of God coming into us. But with transformation, there's a little bit more. You've got to have the old element going out. That old natural element, that old element of Adam has to go out. And then something new is produced, and that is this image of the Son of God. Christ is produced in us. Okay, so let's go to uh, point one here. 
and I'm actually, for time's sake, let's just read the headings here. Um, you can read these verses a little bit later. I mean, I actually have some things to say about some of this, but let's just, for time's sake, we'll go through these, just uh, read them all together. Ready? Point one, toward others. Okay, two. Point three. Point four. This is all in the context of the, of the body life, the church life. But this is a beautiful life. It is a beautiful life. And if you think about it, I mean, I, I don't have a way to really show this, but in the, you know, in the Old Testament there, when God delivered his people from Egypt, which signifies the world, he, um, he uh, got them out in the wilderness there, and they all camped out. In, a, in an array. And they were very orderly, and in the middle of that was God in his tabernacle, and the pillar of cloud was on top of that. Uh, and then the people were all around there. So maybe my tent's over here. Of course, there's two million of us. But um, anyway, so you have tribe, this tribe, that tribe, 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 you know, all the tribes there and everything. <sighs> Here's my tent. Um, if we're going to all live together with God in a corporate, as a corporate people, what kind of behavior do we need to have? Can we be stealing from one another? If I'm worried about you stealing from me or, you know, coveting after my donkey or my, or my, or my wife or my, you know, or any other of my stuff, or you're lying or you're cheating or you're, you're going to kill me, I mean, how can we live together in peace? And I mean, this is a picture this was a picture of the people of God in the New Testament. This is a picture of our corporate life. Do you realize you're part of a corporate people? Brothers, we need to be renewed in our mind. I'm not an individual Christian anymore. I'm not an individual person, and neither am I just an individual Christian. But I'm part of a corporate people. And to live in this kind of uh, orderly fashion, um, I need to be transformed. I need to be renewed. So you can see why it's necessary that we would all be living Christ. If you're living Christ and I'm living Christ, is there any problem? No problem. No frustration. No dilemmas. It's just beautiful. Okay, so let's go on here to uh, point B. We are transformed to live a normal and practical church life. Amen. I think it's uh, metabolically, right? Yeah, metabolically. Okay, let's read point uh, one. Receiving all the believers according to God's receiving. Okay, Romans 15, 1 through 2, and sisters, and brothers on 7. Go. Brothers. Amen. Amen. So we need to receive one another, receive the weak ones, receive the ones that aren't like us. And you know, if, the thing is, is if we are living, if we're enjoying the Lord, we have the inner life, we're taking care of the inner life, we're taking care of enjoying the riches of the Lord, then we have this daily life and this living that is beautiful and it's full of forbearance. It's full of love. It's not condemning. 
It's not criticizing and all those other things. So when somebody comes in among us that's not the same as us or has a different practice, what do we do? We just receive them. It's so easy. There's no problem. There's no problem. You like to um, say, you know, uh, what is it? Hamashiach? I can't remember. Anyway, Yasha Hamashiach or something. There was one brother, he wouldn't say the Lord's name like Jesus, Jesus Christ. He would say Yeshu Hamashiach. I think it's like Jesus is the Messiah or something. Was that a problem? No, he believes the Lord died for him and rose from the dead. So praise the Lord. I, I did my best to say Yeshu Hamashiach. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so we need to receive one another, receive all the believers. As long as they're children of God, we receive them. And then the other thing, brothers, I would just like to point, put in a 3B here. You can, we'll just skip down to 3B, which isn't on here. But standing as the church in our locality. Okay, this is in chapter 16. You know, we have 14 here with the reality of the kingdom. 15, receiving all the believers. Treasuring the one accord. And then 16. When you come to 16, it seems to be a bunch of greetings. But again, here he mentions the church five times. The local church, the church in Sincrea. The church in Rome, which met in Priscilla and Aquila's house. The uh, church in uh, Corinth, which was in Gaius, meeting in Gaius' home at the time. And the churches of the Gentiles. So it's kind of like, you know, you have a forest with all these trees and these greetings. But hidden underneath the trees is the matter of the churches. And the churches are where the body of Christ can be expressed today. Okay, otherwise, the body of Christ, we're just talking. It's just in the air the body of Christ. But when you have the churches on the earth and you have all these brothers that you can name, and there are even, even groups, there's groups of them there. Um, there you have the expression of the body. And the body is the expression of who? And Christ is the expression of who? Right, you see that? It's like those little Russian dolls. You, you know, like got one inside of the other and they're all the same. You got God, then you have a bigger one. Christ, bigger one. The body, bigger one the churches, right? So praise the Lord for the local churches. We're standing on the as the church in our locality. And then finally, um, you know, when, we, when the Lord has this, he has a group of people that are participating in his organic salvation. They're being saved in life. They know how to exercise their spirit to enjoy the riches of the Lord, right? That they could have a life that is so beautiful and expressing Christ. They're living out Christ. Wow. Then he has the body of Christ uh, expressed on the earth. And what does this do? Let's read point four. Crushing Satan under our feet. Let's all read that verse together. Now the God... Amen. Amen. Don't you think Satan needs to be crushed? Brothers, he needs to be crushed. All these years, all these eons, he's just still running around. But he, God is going to crush him. And he's going to crush him under the feet of the body of Christ, which is expressed in the local churches. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Lord, crush Satan. Crush him under our feet. Crush him in the churches today. Amen. And this, brothers, issues, and let's all read the last three verses of Romans. This is point five. Well, let's read five, and then we'll all read the verses together. This is like a melody. Paul, when he wrote this, he was so happy. He's so content. He's so joyful. 
he just released this entire revelation ending with, with uh, God being glorified through the body, in the church, crushing the devil. And then he just, he just uh, releases these last three verses. Let's all read the point five and then 25, 26, 27 together. You ready? Go. you saw something brothers amen the lord has an eternal purpose and he's carrying it out today um so i think we maybe have some time for some sharing it's your turn and uh please again stay to the end we we did cut the conference 30 minutes short so that all the people that have to leave 30 minutes early could stay to the end and so we want to have the sharing and then also the baptisms at noon right so please come and share